Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Luck. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to another fine edition of Dr. Homebrew. The only show, yes, the only show hosted by the two most handsome men in BJCP history. I would I would go that far. Uh, myself, and then I'll let you guess who the other one is. It's either Brian or Lee, my two uh, master BJCP judges, co-hosts. How are you guys doing? Doing good. How are you doing? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Seems Perfect. like we were just here not too long ago. I know, right? Yeah. For all you lucky live listeners, uh, you know, this is first. You're you're getting to us first before the rest of them. This is liquid history. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Liquid history. Oh, look who, sh- look who missed his calling in advertising. Really? Uh-huh. You have right. to make a beer and call it that. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> what would be a good beer to brew to a style, style of beer to brew to a name like that? Liquid history. That's a good question. Some kind of like Midas Touch type of deal. Trying to turn everybody someone, up here. Someone is trademarking that right there. now, by the way. <laughs> Probably. If they're smart, they should, that's for sure. All right. Man, we have a busy show. We have all uh, live guests today. No mailed-in beer. No, uh, you know, no people, no poor teachers, as in our last show, that are like live in New York or whatever, going, oh, man, I have to go teach the young minds of today, and it's... You know, one thirty where I am, and I'm just cracking a beer to taste it with you. Nothing like that. We're all locals here. Locals only. Um, and of course, we all wouldn't be here without the lovely people at Five Star. I just want to do a quick thank you to Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Everyone knows who Five Star. I'm assuming that everyone in this room uses some sort of Five Star product, right? PBW or Sandy Clean or Star Sand or or whatever. Of course. Um, if not, uh, let's make sure uh, they're opening their bottles over the sink, please, because there's going to be some sort of issue with them. I mean, we, we need a sink here. We do need a sink here yeah. first. Yeah, you probably... <laughs> that would necessitate having a sink. Yeah, well, yeah, I would. <clears throat> you know, we're almost at the new studio. We're almost at the at the bar, so yeah, we'll have a sink there, and uh, hopefully, we'll have some ladies pouring us beers. That'd be very nice. Very yeah, for the show. The for the hop, show. The yeah. Hop Grenade Tap Room and Bottle Shop. Yeah. Whew. That should be a good time. The, studio, the studio is uh, shifting into into the bar. So. Is that the name of it? That's the name of it, yeah. They're <laughs> pulling the pin in spring 2014. Oh, That's what that. the card says. Yeah, let's see that card. <laughs> if you look very closely, I'm on that card. I'm the handsome guy with his face blocked by the microphone. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Anyway, we have a good show for you guys today. Uh, we have a Belgian double brewed by Trevor. And a bourbon barrel-aged Russian imperial stout brewed by Chris, who is uh, clearly trying to get us all drunk to get better scores. I feel like it's uh, it's a known thing now, Chris, and you can't get out of it. Whatever works for him, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself, Chris? I'll take any advantage I can there, get. There's worse ways to win a competition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll bribe you with booze. 
<laughs> nice. I think we this is the show to drink it on for sure. Uh, before we get into all that kind of stuff, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Homebrew in case you've been living under a rock or maybe you were captured by the Taliban. I have no idea. Uh, but if you haven't heard, Dr. Homebrew is a interactive BJCP score sheet. We have two master BJCP judges here in Brian and Lee. And uh, what we try to do is provide uh, a nice little outlet for you guys, a nice little outlet for homebrewers to get feedback on their beers. And I know you can just submit into a competition and you can get some sort of feedback, but it's not really enough. If you don't have a club or if your club <coughs> brews terrible beer and you actually want to learn something, um, it's hard to ask questions of people who don't know, and it's hard to ask questions of a inanimate piece of paper. But on here, on Dr. Homebrew, you can do that. So what you do is you email me, jp at thebrewingnetwork.com, and eventually, someday, I will get back to you, and we will plan your visit for the show. You send me some beers, and we judge them. And by we, I mean Brian and Lee. I just sit up here and play music. And then um, we talk to you. We have you on the air. And uh, you can ask questions, and you can get the feedback that you deserve. Not only need, it's a deserve thing. We'll Skype you in. I'm going to miss that that Skype this time, the Skype call quality that you always get here everybody's sounding exactly the same yeah, yeah. i could uh, you know oh. i can turn everyone's mic up and down and just mess with the yeah, game do you have a stuff. skype effect that you can just plug in and make it That'd be a nice plug-in. <laughs> yeah, whenever you want to yeah. fool people with terrible audio quality all right just put a compressor on it <laughs> uh, i think it'd be a good Bit time. crusher uh okay well i think we got all that out of the way uh we thanked five star and uh we interviewed the or we introduced the beers and uh here we are we're going to take a break and then when we come back, we're going to have on Trevor, I believe, with his Belgian double. Yeah. And uh, we'll jump into that. Trevor's nodding like he's like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what to expect. He has no idea. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's Dr. Homebrew, everyone. Stay tuned. We'll be back after the jump. Hang on. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today hey woolly i'm beat can we find a nice tree to just hang out in for a while you're beat i've been swinging through this forest for 50 years ever since we ever since we first escaped from the circus i know i know but there's got to be more to life than exploring this creek and trying to populate the valley by copulating with loose hairy girls Mark, we stop look what is that it looks like a man-made treehouse. With fresh food. And craft beer. Welcome to the Creek Monkey Tap House, boys. Grab a seat. Creek Monkeys drink free. <laughs> awesome! The Creek Monkey Tap House in Martinez, California, takes their mission of fresh food and beer seriously. They only serve locally raised beef and chicken, as well as local sustainable produce. It's better for you and the planet, and it just tastes better. The beer and wine at Creek Monkey Tap House are chosen with the same care for the highest quality and rotate frequently to make each visit an adventure. Yeah. 
Swing on in to the Creek Monkey Tap House and enjoy a new legend of amazing food, beer, and wine. The Creek Monkey Tap House, online at creekmonkey.com. Come along now. It's time for your medication. Welcome back to the show. Now, before we start on uh, on Trevor's Belgian Double, if you guys want to crack that beer open, um, Chris, you're going to be sitting in with us, right? Indeed. All right. Now, just to introduce Chris, in case everyone's going, well, who, who's this dude? Uh, Chris uh, is a BJCP judge. What what rank are you? Chris? Certified. Certified. I'm only recognized. Um, uh, you're also a certified Cicerone. Yep. You're also founder and president of the San Francisco Homebrewers Guild. That's right. And you also write for SeriousEats.com, right? Yeah, do a little beer writing. What else do you do? Uh, well, right now I'm working on uh, opening a bar in San Francisco, and I'm also... I got a Kickstarter going on right now for a certified Cicerone uh, study guide for the oh, really? for the certified Cicerone exam. It's called Beer Scholar. So nice. if you Google up, like, Beer Scholar... Cicerone study guide. You will you'll find that if anyone out there wants to support it. So you uh, you're pretty qualified to sit in with these handsome young men. I'm definitely a beer geek. All right. Well, that's good enough for us. We are all beer geeks here. So uh, let's jump in. Let's jump into uh, Trevor. Trevor, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Perfect. You're also really loud. go ahead and keep talking. About <laughs> uh, t- I will not keep talking. But uh, uh, how long have you been homebrewing, man? Uh, a little over two years. Okay. And uh, are you all grain or are you extract kind of guy? Started off with extract for maybe five batches, but doing all grain now. Okay, awesome. And uh, how do you like it? I love it. Yeah, you dig in all grain? There's, Absolutely. There, there's like a little movement, like a semi-movement of everyone trying to <clears throat> brew extract again suddenly for no reason. And it's the worst decision you could ever make. No, stick to all grain. It's more yeah. fun. Takes a little bit longer, but I think you have a little more control and yeah. it's more enjoyable. Absolutely. Uh, so tell me about this Belgian double you made. Uh, so I was inspired to brew uh, some Belgian beer lately. Took a few trips there last year, drank some great beer in Belgium, so figured why not brew some. And yeah. uh, brewed this in, uh, I guess, mid-January. And uh, I think it turned out pretty decent, drinkable. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have some questions on it based on how the judges think it came out. Okay. Well, uh, let's start off with Brian. Brian, why don't you tell us how you think it came out? Okay, I I will. Um, I will do the thing that you said. <laughs> this uh, the the double has it, the the malt quality and the in the aroma is coming through as as mainly toasty to me. It's only got a, a hint of that dark fruit, dried fruit thing in it. There is some, but it has kind of a um, some other esters kind of poking through, um, kind of appley and orangey things in there. Um, I was wondering if it wasn't a little hint of acetaldehyde or something like a little little green apple, but that's that's not really biting me as a green apple. Um, but it does have a bit of some higher alcohols in it too, a little bit of uh, like a light solventy note, like not super intense, but like kind of think of paint thinner, but not like sniffing a big jug of paint thinner, just like a faint whiff of it in the background. You know, I'm not reliving um, my high school days. Yeah, no huffing paint thinner in the garage. JP likes his double from a paper bag. (laughs) 
Um, there's really no hops in this, uh, in the aroma, which is appropriate. Uh, it, it has a fair amount of uh, banana coming through, too, um, yeah. which was interesting. And, uh, you know, no DMS or diacetyl or any really big off characters in there other than the little little light solventy thing. Um, color is nice, deep kind of copper-colored beer. Uh, it has a low tan head that, that sticks around for, for a little while, but uh, the beer is, well... You know, the first sample I had seemed a little cloudier than this. It, it's it's not perfectly clear, but it's 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 got a faint hint of a little bit of haze in there. But it's you know uh, probably just some yeast sticking around in, in suspension in there. Can't even see bright. Probably, probably all these beers got shaken up on the way here because we all drove here tonight and it didn't sit in the BN fridge. So we'll forgive a little hint of cloudiness there. Uh, mostly finer bubbles in the head there. Um, in the flavor, the malt's somewhat fruity, more raisin-like than in the aroma. I thought. Still has that big banana thing going on, which is kind of, um, well, it it's it plays off the other characters in an interesting way. It's got the bananas, and it's got a little bit of um, you know kind of spicy phenols, a little bit a little bit clove like. So it almost comes across with like kind of a Dunkelweizen like presentation in a way. You know, it has that banana and, and spice in it, but it, it is definitely distinctly Belgian. So um, it does you know it seems. Fairly cleanly fermented, but it does have a little bit of that solventiness in it. Uh, bitterness is pretty low, as it should be. Finish is kind of medium sweet, and uh, you know the banana kind of lingers into that aftertaste with some of those other elements. Body-wise, you know, kind of medium full uh, in the in the mouthfeel. You have a, a pretty there's a, a fairly firm astringency in there. I thought, but not um, not overly harsh. It's just a little bit of a rough edge in there with the astringency like kind of biting like a little like grape skin thing but uh some higher alcohols that definitely warms the throat as it goes down um it maybe seems bigger than it than it really is i don't know what the abv is but we'll get to that um but you know feels like a a nine percent beer when it might be a seven and a half or eight percent i don't know um but uh yeah kind of medium low carbonation in there it's you know it's got a lot of the mouthful elements you want just a little biting um so overall, this beer, it's a pretty good malt-balanced beer as it should be uh, for a doable, but it uh, kind of lacks some of the rich and raisiny dried fruit characters that I really would want and expect in this beer. Um, I would suggest maybe you know bumping back, back some of the toastiness. If you have a lot of Munich malt in there or other toasty European malts, back those off a little bit. Maybe bump up the special B a little bit and the caramalts a little bit, but be careful not to go too too crazy with that and just go over the top but the special b will give you a little more raisininess in there um you can um control the addition of um uh, when you're adding your specialty malts keep the you know your temperature below 168 whether you're sparging or steeping you know that it's basically a reaction of the astringency comes from having you know harshness extracted from the grain husks and so if you keep your um your ph um you know below about six and um you know gravity above like 1008 on your final runnings or whatever's in the kettle if you're steeping and keep the um yeah temperature low enough so it'll help you know and you can also experiment with different um uh, methods of sparging like batch sparge no sparge methods or whatever if you're all fly sparging and and uh you know, just pulling every last bit out of the grains that you can, um, you'll get a little harshness that way. But it's not overly harsh. It's it's pretty smooth. It seems like it might just be a little um, young, but 
I also say to control that kind of banana uh, ester and also help would help with the hot alcohol is you know uh, maybe drop the temperature of a little bit of the fermentation and pitch a quite a healthy large yeast uh, pitch there. So and maybe just yeah this beer um, you said really you didn't big yeast in January it uh, yeah big big yeast cells yeah. yeast cells that are like at least an inch in diameter six each. centimeters around <laughs> but yeah it sounds like it's a young beer as, as you said you brewed it in January and it's now still February last I checked so try aging it a little more that some of that stuff might smooth out I suspect the higher alcohol might stay but that um, the rough around the edges thing will probably drop back a little bit after a few more months and years so yeah anyway sorry I rambled a lot there woo. <laughs> How dare you? Let's go, to the, let's go to the new guy. What do you think? Let's go to Chris. Okay, let's yeah. go to Chris. Chris is our go-to guy now. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I gave know. it a twenty-nine. Okay. So, uh, for me, the the dark fruit character, the fig, raisin, plum, I was satisfied with that. I, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was really nice. Um, so I, I guess I differ from from Brian on that. But. Uh, Let's see. I got I got a nice uh, spicy white pepper character, kind of perfumey character uh, in the aroma. Uh, probably from from all that from all that booziness. Um, let's see. I got I got a lot of those same kind of figgy plum dark fruit flavors in the in the flavor, um, as well as a lot of spicy alcohol notes. Um, became a little bit solventy in the in the flavor. I thought, you know, a little bit like a touch of nail polishy characteristics. Mm. That What's that from? Um how do, you, how do you how do you get that or actually more importantly, how do you avoid it? Yeah, you want to pitch basically like Brian was saying, you want to pitch a very large pitch of healthy yeast. Mm-hmm. And also keep your temperature controlled, you know, if you if you get too high uh, on the fermentation temperatures, your your yeast can start uh, kind of going going nuts, cranking out crazy esters, and that's uh, and 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 those hot alcohols, and that's that's where you're going to get those those kind of nail polishy, um, solventy flavors. Um, I also caught that note of like low astringency in the mouthfeel. Um, definitely, it's a throat warming, boozy beer. Um, and I just said a bunch of things about it that are negative, but I I really like you know, <laughs> but. But I, I don't know. That's that's kind of what we do when we judge. But what would be the the number one, the most offensive, <laughs> the most offensive, <laughs> the most thing offensive? About this. Well, Trevor seems like too happy, so we need. No, to- you know what? It, over, I actually so and I, and I was saying, you know, hey, I just said all these bad things because because actually my score is a thirty four, which is which puts it in the um very you know in the very good category, and and I I was actually hanging out with Trevor a little bit before we judged and he he told me and I don't know you know normally maybe I if you're judging you you don't get to talk to the person beforehand and right. he, he just kind of mentioned to me that he had made it like five weeks ago so I knew that this was really young and so I didn't want to sort of like dock him for the hot alcohol and and a little bit of the, the I, you know this beer needs to mature mm-hmm. is my is my thought so I didn't want to like hit them too hard but right. in a real in a real comp you know you might get hit harder for that stuff because the person doesn't know that that right. it's so young okay perfect handsome <laughs> it's your turn <laughs> but i just i'm stuck what oh, oh you got one of the comment oh no well he said handsome so yeah that's you <laughs> uh, no no dude you already <laughs> talked yeah all right ah oh, 
finally the world is recognizing the reality. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually, you know, after these two guys have, have gone through this, I don't have a whole lot to add, really. Um, no, nice, nice phenols. I got a lot of cherry. I mean, when I tasted this, it was just an intense cherry berry ester followed by a nice sort of finishing uh, white pepper kind of phenol balance. Um, in the middle seemed to be kind of like banana bread to me. You know, sort of toasty and banana and bready. I like that and, description, yeah. Yeah, and then it finished with this kind of slightly bitter phenolic aftertaste. Um, it was kind of nice. A little bit sweet in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I definitely got a little bit of that sort of hot alcohol heat in here. So, I mean, I thought it was a pretty decent beer. I gave it a 31. Yeah. Um, and definitely, I would agree, you could probably use a little bit of a cooler starting ferment temp. If you're doing a ramp, you know, just start at a degree or two cooler than you were and let it ramp up from there. Um, and also make sure you've got a good, healthy yeast pitch here, preferably out of an active recent culture. It will help help drive that, too. Um, other than that, I think that the little note of astringency, I'm kind of guessing, might be because there's still some yeast in suspension here. I don't know if it's because it's so young or probably more likely because it got driven over in a car this this evening. Uh, so that will resuspend all that pretty nicely. Uh, but, you know, in general, this beer is very much the style. could use a little bit more of that raisiny character and a little bit less of the sweetness. Um, but really, it's pretty much in the style. And the one flaw that's in here, this sort of little bit of alcohol heat, is probably the most common flaw people will run into in this style if they've got, you know, their basic sanitation and everything down. Uh, these beers do tend to be a little bit hot because they're you're trying to make a moderately strong beer, uh, and often people are pushing the ferment temp to get all the esters and stuff out of there. So, um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a pretty decent beer. Yeah. That yeast can get happy pretty fast and go up <laughs> pretty high pretty fast. <laughs> that yeast will get happier rise. faster than we will, even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I agree though. Like as it warms up too, though, I'm getting more of the the uh, like light plum and and fig like kind of notes in there so it's uh warming up and initially it was pretty cold coming out so some of that stuff was not it was hard to coax out of the aroma but i got it more in the flavor and now it's coming out even more as the bottle warms up so yeah i'd I'd second that well trevor since everyone paid so much attention to your uh fermentation temperature and stuff why don't you go over your you know uh, how much yeast you pitched what sort of temperature you went through and all that yeah sure so uh the yeast i used was the uh Trappist High Gravity, the Y-East, 3787. Uh, did a starter about 24 hours beforehand, no stir plate. Uh, just swirled it as I walked by every now and then. And uh, I do have controlled fermentation at about 66, 67. Then after a few days, I ramped it up a degree each day from there. Um, so that was the yeast. As far as the gravity, or the, I'm sorry, the, uh, the grain bill, I had a... Hey, uh, so a quick question on you. Um, the yeast, you did this roll culture. How, how many tubes of yeast and how big a batch of beer? It was, uh, one smack pack for five mm-hmm. gallons. And a swirled culture. Yeah. For how, how, and how, what was the starting gravity? Starting gravity came in at 1067. Hmm. Yeah, that might be enough. A, a little more yeast might not hurt for this. That should probably be enough. Okay. Yeah. But the, you're 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 kind of in the border zone because it's a little bit strong beer. Okay, yeah, it came out at uh, about eight point three percent. Estimated when I was putting together the recipe, estimated was seven point five. So it was a little more efficient, I think, during the brew day. Um, should we talk about grain bill? Yeah, go for it. Okay, yeah. yeah so it's about eighty uh, percent Belgian pilsner, about five point one percent special B. So I think that's 
that's where a lot of that raisin character comes from. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's going to give you the raisin. Yep. Okay. Uh, I would have answered, but Brian beat me to it. I mean, I knew the answer too. Of course. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three and a half percent Kara Munich. I put three and a half percent wheat in there, so maybe I guess a little bit of that cloudiness Mm -hmm. might be from that wheat. Um, uh, About two percent biscuit malt. And then uh, 12 ounces of dark candy syrup. And then as far as the hops, it was uh, one ounce of uh, Hellertau, one ounce of Saz. That was it. Yeah. My guess is the cloudiness is probably yeast because it just tastes a little bit yeasty, yeasty kind of bitter flavor to me. Um, I think the other thing you could do to really improve this would just be to like sit on it for a couple months. Yeah. Okay. It just needs some time. Excellent. Referment in the bottle. Yes. For <laughs> to completion. Like two months at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little bottle conditioning. Yep. What's that going to bring them? Since it's Belgian, we'll say referment in the bottle. Oh. Is it all in bottles though, or is it a, in, some, in a keg? It's in a keg. Yeah. Uh, it's in, it, I split it and put it in two different kegs. So one I am aging at uh, just room temperature right now. And then these bottles I, I brought right off the keg Pulled last the night. Cold one, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, any questions for the guys? Um, so w- when I first drank it and, and um, smelled the aroma, I was getting what I thought to be, and this might just be my uh, untrained palate, but um, kind of like a, a, a vegetal characteristic. Did you get any of that? Or or is that maybe some of the astringency I might be mistaking it for? Well, astringency um, is a mouthfeel character, so okay. uh, it's not going to be an aroma note, but I don't, I'm not getting any vegetal myself. I think you're... I think maybe that's the what's called like perfumey from okay. the from the alcohol is my guess. And and a little bit yeasty and maybe a touch of acetaldehyde, sort of a green apple fl- thing. Is it's probably floating around a little bit of that in there too. Okay. Um if it's vegetal that would indicate an infection and if your beer sits around a couple months you'll know for sure. Because <laughs> the acetaldehyde should go away, and if it's infected, that will not go away. It will just get worse. Okay. Yeah. I. It doesn't really taste or smell like anything overtly contaminated, though. But okay, good. If it is, you'll find out. Great. <laughs> Wait and see. Yep. <laughs> uh, anything else for the guys? Or that was nope. it. That's all I had. Thanks for the feedback. Nice. Cool. Sure. All right. Well, Trevor, thanks, man. Thanks for making the trek. Um, I know you don't live super close. And uh, thanks for bringing the beer, too. Thank you. All right, we're going to take another break, and then when we come back, uh, the new guy, Chris, is going to be going to be all up in our business on with some... Seat. Now the judge gets yeah. his beer judged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See how you like it. That's right. It's Bring a turnabout it. round. I Bring feel it. like it's like tracking down your bully from middle school when you're like 30 <laughs> and going, yeah, how do you like it? Like, I'm a successful uh, Wall Street yeah. analyst now. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. I was a nerd back then, and I still am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, hang on a sec. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling. 
without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ah, oh, it's that pseudo Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber special secret elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com. N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Now, back to the examination. All right, welcome back to the program, everyone. It is Dr. Homebrew. In case you forgot, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, that break was like three minutes long, so uh, I know, it's you know, some of you may be brewing. It's still Dr. Homebrew. It hasn't changed. Nothing's changed about it. This is not the session. It's not the session. It's not the session. Yes. No. It's not uh, any of the other shows. We try not to make wiener jokes on this show. Uh, Sometimes we succeed. Sometimes. Rainbow Usually monkey, we succeed. unicorn show. Right. Is that a wiener joke, Brian? No. no I would never. Well, why would you? Seems a better question. All right, so uh, we have a Russian Imperial Stout aged in uh, bourbon oak barrels from Chris, right? Yeah, and, and I have to, you know what? Um, Uh-oh, I have caveats to, already? Yeah, no, 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 I, no, no. I have to mention that I brewed this with my brew partner, okay. uh, Tom. Um, Tom Tripp. I've known this guy since, uh, like, ninth grade or something and uh from way back on the other side of the country and he moved out here and we brew together all the time so i need to give him a shout out for this one too nice tom. Tom. nice work tom. what's up tom um all right Hi, tom chris well uh <laughs> break it down for us man how long have you been home brewer um i guess four or five years i think it's been mm-hmm. yeah okay um uh, made well i don't know how many batches quite a few batches um less recently because uh my my involvement with the homebrewers guild kind of sucks up a lot of my my like homebrew time but um i i did do extract for the first couple years then i switched to using uh i switched to all grain and i started use using um sort of the typical you know homemade cooler setup uh pretty jury rigged you know putting like the you know my three-tier system on a bunch of stools out back stuff like that and but about a year ago i upgraded or maybe a year and a half to an all-electric um single-tier system that's 
pretty badass. Nice. So I'm, yeah, I'm loving that. Um, got a you know got the kegerator in my garage, all that stuff. So so I'm doing it right. It, it sounds like you did the dumb thing that we kind of do here at the Brewing Network is turn your hobby into like more than just something you do every once in a while. Now it yeah. seems like work. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, the yeah. dumbest thing ever. You go in the garage and you see like ten kegs that need to be cleaned, and it's yeah. like, oh Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna not think about this for a month or so. You know, someone sell a robot <laughs> I can use for that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I did, I, I, at one point tried to get ahead of the keg cleaning game, and I was like, look, I, you know, I, I, I can just clean them all at the same time. It's not that much more time. And at one point in my life, I actually had all my kegs cleaned, sanitized, and pressurized. Just ready to go. Just once, though. Uh, just once, because it, it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> I hate it. It is. I could never be a brewer. No, kegging is uh, only, uh, you know, in my opinion, slightly less annoying than bottling. It is. It is only slightly less, yeah. because you're still bottling, essentially, is what I tell people. It's like Still got to clean a lot of crap. It's either one bottle or, or, or 48 bottles. Yeah. Same thing. Um, <laughs> I was talking to my brother. He's like, do you ever have dreams of being like a brewer? No, I don't at all. Because <laughs> no. it's too slapping grain. No, it's no way. it's mostly cleaning things. I mean, yeah. you're you're shoveling out your mash tun and cleaning everything, and that's not I, it. I, I honestly, for the life of me, I don't know who would want to get a job in a brewery. I have I, <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, th- except yeah. for all the brewers, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're. I think they have something wrong with them. I think they're like functioning ass brewers. It's, it's like something <laughs> like there's something weird, man. This is what I want to do. I want to work 14 hours a day and, God, and I, I sweat I had to be on the show day. where JP came and said that. <laughs> now I had to be on the show where JP came out and said that. I'm not going to be able to get a beer anywhere around town now. It's passion, man. All you do is like push knobs and work they're, Skype they're and Cubase teats. or whatever you're doing over there. And No, I get it. I get it. Oh. They're living the life. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I just don't understand it. I don't Along understand with swabbing it. the decks. Right. But, yeah. Only there's there's like you know ten that are like rock stars, and all the rest are just like cleaning stuff. Working all day. <laughs> and all the other ten, you know, tens of thousands are just cleaning stuff. Right. But, you know what? I listened to the Bruce Strong episode earlier today, uh, live. That. Oh yeah. Um, with Jamil and John Palmer talking about. Uh, oh, so you want to work in a brewery? Be a brewer and and. Oh no. They really? had some funny stories. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, anyone anyone who does want to who is thinking of that should keep an eye out for should that episode. To that one. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, you know, it's work. Don't fool yourself. Yeah, I mean, you're going to spend the first couple of years cleaning. Did they do a dirty stuff? jobs yeah. episode with the brewery? I'm pretty sure, yeah, yeah but uh, yeah. yeah, you know, um, everyone always remembers like the one where he was tarring a roof. Yeah, like that's yeah, you know, that's a dirty job. I feel like a brewer is just boring, hard work. But tarring a, a roof in the summer in Texas, yeah, that's a step above tarring. But it's <laughs> what. It's and as a home brewer, you get to have fun. You make whatever you want. Creativity. You know, if, you're, if you're a pro, you got to make that pale ale every single day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad you didn't say IPA because I would have asked you to leave. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's uh, I have to make that one every day, too. <laughs> All right, Lee. Why don't you start us off here, man? We have these, uh, these, these bourbon Russian Imperial Stout. Bourbon barrel aged RIS. Okay. <clears throat> well, so what I get? The aroma. Cocoa. Gordy, ligniny, oaky wood, cherry. What did you say? What was the, the second? Ligniny? Ligniny. What's just sort ligniny? Of the, I think that's kind of the, the part of the wood you sort of get, which just smells more like a board, oaky, as opposed to okay. toasty or vanilla kind of notes. It's just the straight kind of wood wood aroma, like sawdust. Kind of. Lig- is that an actual term, or did you it's make that up? It's lignin. Uh, that's, I think, the cellulose protein component, cellulose mostly component of wood uh, that makes it. 
So it's a smart answer. It gives it a structure. It's yeah. a smart ass kind of <laughs> okay. word. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's a, it's a $5 word I borrowed from someone. I had to Lignity. use it. I paid for it. Yeah. Lignity. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's got some whiskey notes, a little bit in the warm side. No hop aroma that I noticed. Uh, light caramel note to it. Alcohol's got some whiskey heat in it. It's it's alcohol. It's like the kind of hot alcohol I associate with a whiskey, not so much with a beer. And I'm not sure there's any technical way I could really mm. say that I would know that one comes from one source or the other. But it just kind of smells like a kind of a hot whiskey. Um, with uh, some hints of uh, tamarind and licorice and a little bit of some age on there, a sherry, maybe slightly musty and raisiny note to it. Uh, the appearance, it is black. It is opaque. You cannot see through this. At least I certainly couldn't. I didn't have a flashlight here to check with, though. But, yeah. No, you can't see through this. Are there, are there I just, I'm going to interrupt you again. Uh, are there actually <sighs> judges who, who come to competitions like with flashlights? Anthermometers. Anthermometers? Yes. <laughs> Really? Yeah. And color charts. Not many. Am I looking at two of them right now? No. Okay. No. Nah, <laughs> Once in a while, I, I don't bring know. A there's color three chart. of us, so yeah. I can't actually answer that. You're well. not looking at three of them. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, pours a moderate tan head, um, fades to, uh, some mixed bubbles, fades to a bead pretty quickly. Um, flavor, licorice, cocoa, slate like almost. Whiskey alcohol is clear and strong, but fairly balanced. Um, bittered, I would say, just enough to support. It's not a very bitter beer, but it's not flabby or anything like that. No hop flavor was apparent. Uh, some I got some orange and apricot kinds of esters out of here. Finishes with cocoa, black bread, raisins, wood, uh, semi-sweet finish. Balances slightly to the malt. No DMS or diacetyl that I picked up at all. Slight age, kind of raisiny character. Uh, the roast profile, I thought, for an RIS is maybe a bit in the light side. Not so much in intensity. It's got a lot of dark malt flavors. Uh, but it's sort of focused more on the light sort of cocoa, licorice sort of things instead of ashy coffee, really dark for, for me. Um, I thought it was almost a bit on uh, the light end of the roast spectrum for an RIS for me. Uh, the mouthfeel was medium-high body, medium carbonation. Had a pretty good uh, square to gas when we opened up the, the growler that it came in. Um, medium high creaminess, moderately strong alcohol, mostly clean, but a bit of that heat seemed kind of like what I get from whiskey again, not so much beer. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm guessing it came from that barrel he used. Overall, um, I liked it. A complex, well-balanced RIS with interesting barrel and spirit flavors, some age on it, a very smooth roast malt profile, no ashy flavors though. Um, layered nicely over a caramely, slightly warm whiskey and young, boardy wood flavor. Lignany. 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 That's right. I hopefully even have the right $5 word. With a raisiny oxidation note, maybe a touch of sherry, too. Lignans and um, botany, an organic substance that with cellulose forms the chief part of woody tissue. There you go. So tissue -y. It tastes like woody tissue. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Wait, I thought we were making the jokes. <laughs> Yeah, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, we just cut oh this. my God, what are we drinking? What Can did you put in this out? beer, Chris? <laughs> cut that out yeah. of the show. Adam and Eve is the the of this the, show. The yeast it in this had beer, to yeah. happen sooner or later, it I guess. It didn't come oh, from well. my beard. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. Uh, complex and good flavors. Yes, just what is expected from RIS. Except I figured, I thought maybe it could be used a bit more darker kind of roast malt. Um, is more chocolate. Honestly, I thought 
you might almost do better with this. And I might actually score it a few points higher if you mm-hmm. put it in as an Imperial Porter. Mm-hmm. I, but, you know, it, it, this is sort of getting into the range where it's a very permeable border between a Sout and a Porter, you know, a roast... <laughs> A darker, more intense, robust porter, or like a, a less like a Baltic porter. You mean? Yeah, or yeah. or a less you know pungent, ashy stout. You know, it, it's it's somewhere in there. Um, it didn't scream RAS, but until I thought about it a bit, I wouldn't have said it was anything less than RAS. But once I started focusing on the roast profile, it's yeah, it's edging down towards porter territory, mm-hmm. but not like horrendously. Um, that said, it's still a really tasty beer. Um, the barrel flavor could use maybe a bit more complex barrel um, flavor. Woodiness. I, I, woodiness, yes. Uh, maybe I, I didn't pick up very much like vanilla or coconut or anything like that that you get out of some barrels. I wasn't really getting a whole lot of that. Maybe other people disagree. Uh, but the intensity of that flavor was good. The whiskey, I thought, was a bit warm again, but it, it balanced out pretty well. But it was definitely a strong note in the balance. Um, I, I think that's about it. Uh, I gave this a 38, and if I didn't think it was almost more an Imperial Porter and a Stout, I might have given it several points more than that. But um, that was a really nice beer. I'd be happy to sit and drink this till I couldn't anymore. That is an excellent score in the excellent range. <clears throat> well, I... Um, right. yeah. go, go for it, Brian. I, I agree with a lot of what Lee said there. It does have a... Uh, like right away in the aroma, you get that smooth bourbon and a little hint of oak, oakiness in there. Um, rich, pretty rich dark malt presence. Some chocolate, but it, it stops short of being very roasty. Um, and a little little hint of kind of earthy floral hops in there. Uh, yeah, some definite dark fruits going on in there too, and uh, cherry like. No no bad flaws or anything. No no DMS or dacetal. Um Yeah, again black dark. You know, had, had a low head that faded pretty quick, uh, kind of tan colored, and that's you know, with that much alcohol in there, it's going to fade away. That's expected. Nobody, no good judge is going to dock you for that. Uh, just in the flavor, it just has a burst burst of rich bourbon and coffee, and along with it, I to me, it delivered a light kind of tang of of being a very acidic beer because, but not soured, uh, just very richly acidic because a lot of those dark malts push push some acid and uh, yeah it's but pleasant um, pretty boozy the bourbon does linger strongly in the aftertaste and to me it was a little heavy on the on the bourbon character I I personally prefer a, 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 a lower balance to to the booze and maybe I'm I'm sensitive to it or, or something but um, I like I like a, a little more of the um, the style to come through like the imperial stout wasn't pushing out like over the top it was just like hey this is a boozy wood you know wood aged dark beer but it didn't scream imperial stout it's like the roastiness was a little bit gone there so um maybe chris can tell us about you know where this beer is at and stuff but um and what how much roast he used at first and how how long it's aged too sure. um but yeah well uh uh you know, body it, it was medium full and a very smooth alcohol warming, obvious tr- uh, strength, but but you know, still a little creamy and and uh, very pleasant mouthfeel. So, really liked the beer. It was it was quite boozy, uh, but smooth. I would I would bump back the booze a little bit and bump up the uh, the roast malts if you know if I were to do it. But I wish I could make a beer this good. It's a well, it's a. I gave it a thirty-seven. I think it's a very pleasant beer, but it wasn't for. Um, any real flaws or anything to to take it down just like more of a balanced thing and uh 
uh, maybe recipe thing as far as uh, getting that imperial stout to be a little more prominent. So, um, yeah, if you're, um, you know, if you're using that much dark malt in a beer, make sure your water isn't too acidic too to avoid that kind of little tang that's gonna that's pushing through a little bit. But uh, yeah, really pleasant beer, thirty-seven points. There you go. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thank you guys. So should I should I talk about it or? Yeah, please yeah. please do. Um, right. If you have any questions for the guys, um, go ahead and ask those. Sure. Yeah. So it's. Um, this beer was made in December of 2012. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, December 2012. So it, uh, we fermented it, then we stuck it in uh, two barrels, actually. One, uh, we, we split a 10-gallon batch, and we fermented one of those five-gallon batches with WLP001, uh, that is not this beer. This beer was fermented with WLP005, which is the um, British yeast. That's probably where some of those interesting esters came from. That exactly. sort of orangey, apricotty. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And I prefer this one to the to the 001 version, which turned out to be a little drier. And uh, actually, the roast though does come through in that one significantly more. Um, it's it's much more bitter. Um, I don't know if it's, if it's, um, it only was a couple points drier. So it, it, I actually, my feeling is that the yeast pulled some of the IBUs out, uh, this British yeast pulled some of the IBUs out, uh, and maybe, and then, you know, just pure age, I think probably brings that, brings the, brought out a lot of the, you know, aged out a lot of the roastiness. So it, it aged in those barrels, these, barrels from Balconis Distilling in Waco, Texas um, for about four months. And then we racked it out into some glass carboys, aged it for about eight more months, and then recently kegged it. So in total, it's uh, about a year and three months old. Um, The recipe comes straight out of Jamil's uh, Brewing Classic Styles book. It's uh, the recipe for Czar's Revenge. The Czar's Revenge. Um, And Let's see. For roastiness, it has for well for the five gallon batches, um, one and a half pounds of roasted barley, one pound of special bee, um, half a pound of chocolate, uh, another half a pound of pale chocolate, and half a pound of caramunic. So that roasted barley. At one and a half pounds per five gallons. That seems like a lot. plenty. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm amazed how much that has has toned down. Yeah, but you said it was more obvious in the one with the American yeast. It's more obvious in the one that I made with uh, the American yeast. Yeah, hmm. be curious to try that sometime. Got me. Well, anytime. <laughs> just give me a call. So I'll. Uh, you do realize you just said that to a lot we're, of people. Oh, we're well. driving. On, we're driving <laughs> over to your but place. But they don't tonight. have my number in their phones. Oh, I have do. it. It's four one five. So the uh, original gravity was was ten ninety six. Final gravity ten twenty seven. Um, the ABV a little over nine percent, nine point two. Um, my guess is that the whiskey that it soaked up in that barrel probably added another percent, and that is why we call this beer ten percent milkshake. <laughs> um, it actually did win uh, a People's Choice vote at a, home, a recent homebrew share that the San Francisco Homebrewers Guild did. Nice. 
in San Francisco, and uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and that is pretty much all the info I've got on the beer. All right. Yeah. Anything to ask the the judges? Um, you know, uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, well, I I think my my questions were answered because I would have mm-hmm. asked, you know about uh how to make it more like an imperial stout or you know a lot of times i have questions about how to categorize beers that i'm especially in this you know in these specialty categories absolutely yeah that really can kind of screw you up if you're sending a beer into a competition and uh you miscategorize it Mm -hmm. so that that's interesting to hear you know you really sometimes you mean to make one style and but if you taste it and it tastes kind of like uh it might fit in a different category you can always consider uh entering it in that one yeah so did you add any booze to it or is all that character coming straight from the barrel you know what's crazy is i actually dumped a whole bunch of booze out of the barrel <laughs> before i put the beer in it nice. Tell me you wow saved, you, you got saved a full it, one <sighs> they usually don't show up quite like that you know just a just I've enough to pour out a little yeah. Yeah. barrels yeah oh, right you helped i think source those barrels or or mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I didn't see many that you'd actually dump any active liquid out of when you got them. Oh, yeah. No, you got lucky. You got you got. I the guess hot I one. got the good. I got the hot barrels. You got the hot barrel. Yeah. Right. Kept it nice and coated. That's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, if that's it, if you don't have anything else for the guys, um, any any parting comments? Fellas? Well, I guess I just ask their advice for 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 how to how to make it better. But it sounds like mostly maybe boost the roast. But that I think that comes down to the yeast choice. I'm guessing you're right. Yeah, like I said, I'd be curious to try that other one. It might be something. If it's a yeast, if it's a yeast choice, and you know how the yeast behaves, you might want to adjust the recipe a bit accordingly. Right. To get a little bit more of that, right. that darker it flavor. Might seem- and, and I would say there's absolutely nothing unpleasant or that feels like it's missing on account of that. But if you mm-hmm. look at the style guidelines, you know, intense, dark, roasty, it's like intense, dark, yeah. chocolatey. Is kind of what right. it comes out. Well, like. and and Jamil, you know, in his in in brewing classic styles, which is where I got the recipe from, he recommends using WLP 001 or Y East ten fifty six um, to to ferment this beer. So he's he obviously has dialed the recipe in, which is the other version I made. But mm-hmm. I actually like it being super smooth, and that's why I brought this one instead of the other one. Um, but you're mm-hmm. right, uh, maybe. Maybe if I remake this, I would just I would just compensate for for the British yeast. Maybe, or go try yourself a bottle of Courage RES and see if you like it being more like this, and that's your style. Right. Not everybody, you know. I mean, you can brew to a narrow style target. Or you can brew what you like. I I would have not be unhappy at all to have five gallons of this. In there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it might seem absurd to to bump the roast up to two pounds or something. You know, the roast barley, but. Hey, you know, you could try it too, or you know, make the same beer in the same barrel a second batch, and you know, maybe add back a little bit of booze to repopulate it. And but it sounds like you've sou- soured these barrels by now. <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> these barrels are now uh, filled with the third beer to go into them, and uh, they are they're definitely soured at this point, purposefully, <laughs> well, purposefully. I like the beer. You know, just call it whatever you want and drink it for yourself yeah. if you're not going to enter it in a competition because it's a it's a damn fine beer, and it would seem silly to maybe add oak, 
cubes to an oak barrel or something too <laughs> but you know i mean if if you you taste it at the end and it's not oaky enough you can oak it a little more um the wood character was a little lower but the booze is kind of taking over in there and i think the freshness of the booze when you got it might have been contributing to that but yeah it's a great beer love love it and also i have to give a little shout out too because you know you're doing some great things over there in the city and i've said for years that somebody needs to come in to san francisco and uh you know uh, and there, there have been some great historic clubs in San Francisco, but there wasn't a very active presence there so much for a while. And you guys are filling a gap that was needed to be uh, filled. So, you know, stop congrats. with the dirty, stop with the dirty joke. Congrats on the success <laughs> of the, the SF Homebrewers Guild. We're glad to be affiliated with you guys. And, you know, Lee led a great uh, uh, judging study group for, for those guys. And I was involved with proctoring and uh, we'll have a bunch more judges in the city now. So this is good, good news, good times. Yeah. Thanks for that. We're, we're, we're just, like i'm just loving it over there i mean the community of homebrewers there obviously we're we're kind of you know really wanting this uh you know and as soon as as soon as i launched it basically it just took off and the the community is amazing we have we have our monthly meetings at anchor i mean how ridiculously <laughs> oh, cool is man. that that's not Things bad must be rough um, yeah you know we do we not do bad. several bjcp aha certified comps every year we're super active uh, do all kinds of events and stuff. So, so yeah, we're 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 loving it over there, and definitely, uh, that that community is awesome. So, definitely, definitely want to shout out to all the members of the San Francisco Homebrewers Guild, as well as my brew partner Tom, who made this great beer with me. So, right on. Yeah, thanks for all sharing. Right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys. It, all it's right. cozy local night tonight. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> heartwarming, fuzzy feeling night tonight. Fuzzy. <laughs> Fuzzy RIS. You know, it's funny you 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 put that caveat on the uh, on the barrel that it's intentionally soured, and I feel like as a home brewer, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. You have to go. Oh no, I meant for this to be funky because we've all had those beers. Like, is this? Do I ask if like what strain of Brett they used, yeah. or did they just sneeze in it? I oh, if know. you look at if you look like on homebrewing forums <laughs> on like Reddit and stuff that. You know, people say like, "Oh, my beer is uh, infected. What should I do?" And everyone's like, "Oh, just let it age. It's just sour." It's like, no, that's <laughs> that's not how that works, guys. Yeah, it might be. You know, I don't know. Whatever. There's an probably art. Not. <laughs> yeah, probably not. It's like uh, taking dog poop and just going, "No, oh, it's kibble. It's fine. It's the same thing. It's just a different form." You can sour bad beer. It's just sour bad beer at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And there's enough of that going on. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to do our little rundown of the Belgian Double and the Russian Imperial Stout, and then we're going to leave. We're going to get out of here because, uh, um, I don't know. Back after this. Yeah, because we can. <laughs> right. I have video games to play. We're already because here. we have to come back later. Yeah. God, I'm starting to play this, I forget what it's called, Forge of Empires or some dumb browser <laughs> game that one of the listeners turned me into, Lulu Gumshoe. I hope you brought and it's just time consuming and um yeah i don't know if i get fired lulu it's your <laughs> fault anyway dr home everybody back up to this since the first time the brewing network microphones turned on more beer was behind it more beer sponsors the programming on the bn because like you they love brewing and like the brewing network they love sharing their knowledge 
morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Dr. Homebrew, we're about to wrap up and get out of here. Uh, But first, I wanted to read a little bit of feedback from the chat room. This is from my close personal friend, Toad Licker. Toad Licker in the chat room. Uh, Let me get my mouse over here. Is that liquor with a CK or a QU? It's very different. I'll I'll just leave it up to the imagination. Damn it. Uh, Toad Licker is in Tokyo. Um, he's uh, CK. an expat in, in Tokyo, yeah. And uh, he's basically uh, trying to get every all the homebrewers over there BJCP certified. Um, he says, we don't have any BJCP recognized judges here yet, but a few of us foreigners are working on getting it done. Um, he hangs out a little bit with the J Brewer Club, so shout out to the, the J Brewer Club over in Tokyo doing some good things. Yay! Um, Cool. Yeah, I know they, the BJCP cool. is working to expand a little more internationally. They're doing some stuff in you know South America, doing some stuff in Europe, and doing some stuff all over the place. I'm sure they'll, you know, Japan is on the list. So yeah, he he's saying that's that's part of the problem is a lot of them don't speak English, and the BJCP is all in English. So they're they're trying, but he says you know one of the bad things is most of the Japanese brewers don't have any really idea about tastings or how to give good advice because it's a it's a brand new thing for them so it's all about developing their vocabulary and, and training their palate but yeah. the reason i'm mentioning it on here is uh he says uh he goes in case you ever uh, in case you guys ever wondered your insights and critiques are great they have really helped us here in tokyo learn to judge better beer our comps that we have uh everyone judges way too high uh, there are many beers there in the 40s and he calls it stupid <laughs> uh so i don't know i thought it was pretty good that uh, they're listening to the show over there in Tokyo, and it's actually helping the c- 
community. There's some great uh, beers over there too. My uh, buddy yeah. Jeff comes back from Japan with all kinds of cool stuff, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the craft beer scene is is. Their craft beer scene is really starting off the to charts. Yeah, yeah. It's starting yeah. to stuff even yeah. over here. Yeah. And then they're excited yeah. about it. Yeah, it's, it's starting really, to come over here. It's yeah. like, like it was here, you know, twenty years ago or something. It's unfortunate <laughs> that uh, IPA is starting to become a big style over there. Uh, hey, move you know, on, get start, over it. Got to start somewhere. No, but just just deal with it. It will happen. It's not avoidable. Yeah, but I want it just to. Pee. Anyway, yeah. uh, anyway, the so sours hit. shout out to Toad Liquor and the J Brew, uh, the J Brewer guys over there. Keep brewing some good beer, everybody. And uh, we're glad we can help out. And by we, I mean me, because I really run everything. Um, okay, so uh, that was a joke. Okay, nobody laughed, and um, I guess I'm used to that. But uh, uh, <laughs> so we have a Belgian double uh, from Trevor, and the key to that one, uh, you guys said, uh, bump up the toasty or bump back the toasty malts a, a little bit. Which I don't know if you can actually bump back um, stuff like Munich and what you know. All that kind of pull them back stuff, right? Uh, bump up the special B a little bit. You get coming some of that raisin note uh, in there. You kind of increase that flavor. Drop the fermentation temp a little bit and um, let it age out. Right? Was that pretty much? Yeah. Give it some time. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of goes with the, the 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 common question of how long do I age X Y Z beer till it's uh, done? Till it's done. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I'd like to taste this beer in five or six months. So yeah. Um, yeah, since Trevor's in my club, the Mad Zymergist, we can make that happen probably. <laughs> Absolutely. So when I age it, keep it at room temperature, you think? Uh, or put it in the kegerator? Yeah, oh. I would keep it at, you know, if you can temp. keep yeah. it at cellar 50 cellar degrees. Temp. But if you, yeah, I mean, room temperature is probably better than keeping it cold the whole time. Okay. Depends what your room temp is. But yeah, if 55, it's 60, something like that. It'll, 50, if you live in a know. cellar, then <laughs> room temp is fine. Right. It'll age more yeah. quickly put it down in the cellar with the if hobbits. you live in Mojave yeah. under the house maybe the kegerator hmm. <laughs> maybe though it's just a crapshoot uh, and then Chris's bourbon barrel aged Russian imperial stout uh, you guys comment a little bit on the, the lack of roast character you'd like to see a little bit more but not much uh, maybe back off on the booze a little bit and uh, try to increase the complex wood uh, additions I think backing off the booze might achieve that too. The wood would come through a little more, but yeah, yeah. It, would it? It would. It would. Lignanin. Yes, it would delignanize the beer. Yes. I feel like that should be more like an IKEA furniture line. The lignin. Yeah, the probably lignin berry sauce. Yes, the, yeah. the lignin <laughs> scorn. Item. The lignin scorn. You got a beer item too to go with it. Yes. Ah, okay, we better lignin stop. Beer with lignin berry <laughs> on the lignin couch. Stop. Yes. We had stop. better stop. Yeah, it sounds like Chris had a rather overboozed barrel, though. So mm. it'll happen. We probably could have pulled it out a little quicker. You know, four months in there, probably three would have done it. Yeah, yeah. Swedish yeah. meatballs. The, the booze, I think you get in a matter of hours, if not days. It, that's just yeah. comes right out. Yeah, right. Because it's you know it's pretty it's much all on the surface of the wood, right? It is water soluble. I mean, right. Probably much, in the first yeah. millimeter of the wood or two. Yeah. Mm. All right, everybody, thanks a lot for joining us here on Dr. Homebrew. Chris and Trevor, thanks for swinging by and bringing your beers. They were very tasty, regardless of what the judges said when you guys left the room. And, uh, th- yeah, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, support our sponsors. That's a big one. But you know, mainly uh, you got the, the fine folks over at Five Star. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. They have you covered for everything you need to sanitize, to clean. Uh, don't forget about our other sponsors. We got Grog Tag. Go check them out at grogtag.com. We got Nico Brew. If you're in the Bay Area, you want to go to More Beer, you want to go to 21A, you want to go to Creek Monkey, come in, have a beer, and then come and hang out with the studio with us. 
And uh, if That's you wanted exactly what some of our brewers did tonight, and they should, they're smart. They're smart uh, young, young, fresh gentlemen. Uh, anyway, uh, if you want to be on the show, send an email to jp at thebrewingnetwork.com, and eventually I will contact you. We'll get you on the air. You too can be a part of this, and uh, we can make weird jokes about you when you leave the room. Anyway, it's Dr. Homebrew, everybody. Until next time, see ya.